Hello and welcome to Snap Trek, the Star Trek game podcast. We are going to compare two episodes of Star Trek. My name is Ross and I am joined by Jen. Hello, Jen. Hi, how are you doing? I am good. I'm good. I'm all ready for Christmas. I'm pretty excited. Um, how about you? I'm doing great. Can't complain. Excellent. Excellent. Um, we are going to select two episodes of Star Trek and compare them using a variety of categories. Um, and this week's theme is time loops. So we are going to compare uh, two great episodes of Star Trek. This is, I'm pretty pretty psyched about this episode because they are pretty good episodes. Um, I have got TNG Cause and Effect. And Jen, why don't you tell us what, what episode you've got? And I've got our first Discovery episode. I have uh, Season 1, Episode 7, Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Yes. I mean, it's also that, one of the best titles ever. <laughs> it's a super title. Even though I like the acronym for it, MT, yeah. M- MT, MT, SM, GM. That's nice. It looks nice. It does. Visually appealing. Uh, instead of going through and recapping each episode, we just give you a little lyrical recap. Um, and I've been pleased to see that a lot of people have been sort of tweeting us their Star Trek limericks or poems uh, at SnapTrack. It's been pretty interesting. Yeah, I've been loving it. And they're all really good. We have a lot of talented Trekkies. <laughs> I think they're too good. I they think if you're hiring good. professional poets to write your limericks for you, that's cheating. Because <laughs> uh, they, are, they are exceptionally good. So keep those coming in because I do really enjoy reading them. Me too. As an example of one of the great limericks we've gotten, I'm going to read out uh, a limerick by Mr. Rick Palmer at Mr. Imhotep on Twitter, uh, all about Harry Mud. There once was a scoundrel called Mud, who was usually up to no good. He had a moustache and a touch of panache, and was rumoured to sleep in the nud. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's not often you hear, so yeah, not often you hear the word nud. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, so that that was great. And, and there's been so many great ones um, uh, coming in. Please keep them coming. Uh, uh, they're, they're so much fun. <laughs> thank you, Rick, for sending this one in. Yes, thank you. And thanks to everybody who's who shared some uh, Star Trek poems. And, and please keep them coming. They're great. Uh, and do you have... I'm, uh, I'm going to let you know... <laughs> I spent quite a long time this week because I'm because my episode is cause and effect, and you get that little cameo by by Fraser Crane at the very end. Spent quite <laughs> a long time trying to do this in the style of the Fraser Crane closing credits. The sort of the, oh. do you remember the song like the, the sp- absolutely the tossed salad and scrambled eggs exactly <laughs> exactly that. So I went through and did it. It's just a bit too weird. <laughs> But I've learned a lot about what went into the creation of that theme tune and yeah. what all of the lyrics mean. So <laughs> I've learned a lot. Um, but I have written a limerick. What about you? What did you go for this week? Did you write a limerick as well? Or did you go for something a bit more? Yeah, I've uh, got a limerick. No, okay, I've got cool. a limerick. They're so fun to write. They're just so I'm, yeah, I mean, They are pretty oh. good. And... Uh, I feel like I've been up and everyone's been sending them in. I'm like, God, these are really good. I'm going to have to do a lot better next time. Okay. <laughs> Got to up our game. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so please, if you would you like to go first? Sure. Okay. This is my uh, limerick recap for Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. The Discovery had quite a dilemma. Trapped in a loop of a mad mud's vendetta. They lived through dozens of sequences till they discover his weaknesses, greed, and a woman named Stella. That was good. That was good. Thank you. That was really nice. You know, to get the vendetta bit, the vendetta, <laughs> vendetta must be very hard to come up with. So well, impressive. It, it's a little, you know, a little bit of artistic license, but close enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have also gone for a limerick. Uh, so I'll give it to you here. There we go. So cause and effect limerick. Local distortion of the space-time continuum. Enterprise is surprised when the Bozeman knocks into him. The ship goes up in smoke, then they're black, back playing poker. Local distortion of the space-time continuum. Echoes of voices, Beverly's hearing them. 
Still, the Enterprise croaks. Then they're back playing poker. Local distortion of the space-time continuum. <laughs> we keep seeing threes because Data keeps dealing them. Spots Riker's three pips and then saves both the ships so they don't loop around and begin again. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. <laughs> I love it. Took me a little while to run that. <laughs> wow, yeah, I can imagine. The limerick that never ends. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, I love it. That was great. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was pretty pleased with it. Uh, a, a, a rhyme, rhymes to rhyme with continuum. Yes. I tell you what, that, that's a tough one. That's a toughie. <laughs> okay, so uh, what is the first uh, category of the week? Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to start with the best crew social gathering. Mm, okay. Yeah, there's some good ones in both these episodes. Mm -hmm. Now, I have that banging party <laughs> yes. after hours it's like they've got a lower deck spot going you know they've got you know kicking tunes they've got beer pong everyone looks fabulous in their outfits you know <laughs> they've got the lighting they've got everything this looks like a party i'd want to go to it's, it's hard hard to beat the party i still own that single on cassette <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Upstairs in the I'm attic. totally fine with them enjoying 20th century music. That's that's okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> it worked here. <laughs> it was good. What about you? For cause and effect. The best social gathering I and it, I think it is it is hard to pick because they they go back to the same social gathering again and again. So I've actually picked explicitly the very first poker game they're playing. It's really because the more you watch it, the more like they're getting deja vu and getting weirded out by what's happening. Um, but the very right. first one is just the game as they play it. And so it's great to see data dealing and, uh, you know, just throwing out the one liners with the cards. Um, there's a nice Riker moment when he's been caught bluffing and sort of looks really sort of, well, how do you know that? Worf is annoyed when they're given out the, you know, he's, he's not doing very well. He's sort of muttering to himself. Um, and actually, I think I could have probably answered a lot, a lot of the categories we're going to go through with, with bits from the poker games. I haven't, but I really enjoyed the poker games. Um, so that, it, and it's a very TNG social gathering because it's the one they, they go back to again and again. You know, and it is—it's a bit more human, perhaps, than when they spend time on the holodeck, or a bit more realistic than when they go to sort of, you know, recitals or poetry readings or right. whatnot. Because this is something that people might actually do. You know, real human beings. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go to a TNG poker game. I mean, and you're right. It, it, the the great thing about those, specifically the first one, is that it really does give each show each character. You give each character a nice moment, you know, like the, <laughs> that shows their personality. Yeah. And, and data just cracks me up that whole time. Uh, you know, may I remind you, since you show the highest hand, you control the bet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> crusher. And I was just yeah, like, thanks. like, thanks, data. I'm not the, <laughs> yeah. I'm not the cards, yeah. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> so it is good, and I suppose I didn't think about it actually, but yeah, poker. That's the final scene in the last episode as well, isn't it? Just panning yeah. up from the poker game. Oh. So it is a sort of a nice thing that runs through, and they use it to pretty good effect uh, in this episode because it's when they, you know, the deja, the deja vu starts coming through later on. Right. They can tell which cards are coming up, and they know what's going to happen. So yeah, but I picked explicitly the first one, and it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Thing. It's such a TNG social gathering to just be talking quietly around a table. <laughs> you yeah. can't get much more TNG than that, you know. <laughs> no. Well, you don't know, you know, maybe the, the more junior officers are upstairs right. in the mess and they're having a party and there's like, they're handing out the lays <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're throwing yeah, the little ping pong balls. Maybe they've got beer pong up there, you don't know. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're seeing it from the very sort right. of staid bridge officers. You get a bit more variety in Discovery. You're seeing how the soldiers right, are acting right. or the, like the engineers, you know, the, the guys who aren't making the decisions but yeah. are doing all the work. Do you know what, actually, the... What I like about the, the the Discovery Party is you get to see all of the characters in it. You get to see everyone. You get a lot of nice background characters. Mm -hmm. um, Detma, uh, that's her, she, yeah. she gets a nice little uh, moment. And um, the speech from uh, the speech from what's his name? The speech from uh, uh, 
Ash. Oh, that's a, it's a good speech. It's a good speech, yeah. and it's worse because when you look back and you think he doesn't mean any of that, or he didn't, he he may have meant it, but but it's just it's just fluff. He doesn't realize he doesn't mean it. You know, it's a bit more poignant when they when you realize it. Well, see, I, yeah, I don't see it that way though because I think I mean he legitimately at this point just thinks he's Ash T- Tyler. Yeah, he doesn't like have those memories. You know, he I think yeah, I think no, he's no, very no. sincere in that but yes. like i get what you're saying well i remember you, yeah. you know like kind of looking for clues when you weren't sure when this episode aired you weren't sure if he was you know no. folk or you know or if he was just ash and you know but uh and, I, I i was sure that triple was going to give yeah. it away on uh look right. desk i was sure the triple would be a <laughs> that's key a missed player. opportunity definitely <laughs> yeah yeah but um, um as far as points go for me, mm. I mean, there's something to be said for a nice, quiet poker game with friends. Um, and it's, I mean, it's iconic and I love it. And I love it throughout all of TNG. But the one I want to go to is the one on Discovery. <laughs> I want to play beer pong with Reese, <laughs> you know, and I, <laughs> and yeah. I want to yeah. kick it on the disco. So um, my point goes to Discovery on this one. I think because it's completely unique. I'm going to give it to Discovery as well because I do like it. I, I like the, right. the poker game, but we see a lot of poker games, whereas we've never, we've never seen anything like like that kind of party. And it is good and it is different. Right. You know, it strikes out as being different straight from the off, doesn't it? You know, even if it's yeah. a great episode, we'd still be thinking about that party they went to because it was so unusual. So I'm going to give my point to that party as well. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was pretty fun. Okay, good. Two for Disco so far. Okay, what what is our second category? Okay. I am going to go for best line. Okay, best line. Now Okay. I, I'm gonna I, I've got a couple of choices. I'm gonna give you one that I I think is probably the standout line in the episode, but as soon as I say it, you'll realise why I haven't picked it. <laughs> okay. Uh the Enterprise has been caught in a temporal causality loop. <laughs> and I suspect that something similar may have happened to you. I mean, this is the standout line of the episode, but I hear it on every episode of Trek Ranks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because I'm always listening to see if, well, I wonder if I'm going to get a, I wonder if he's going to read out my list, because I was really proud of those lists <laughs> I made. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like this is, that's Trek Ranks line now. He owns that oh, line. Oh, that's funny. And so I didn't want yeah, to Yeah, I, I, I got taken um, out because you could just hear the clip, the sound clip now when, when Picard says it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same with like, I am a Jamadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order yes. of things. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've actually said that to someone at work. I just I said, they said, why'd you do this? I was like, it is the order of things. <laughs> I've never have thought to said that before. Oh, that's great. Um, so I didn't pick it. Uh, there's a nice, there's a, I mean, there's a nice wharf says 50 and then mutters during the poem. 50! And then right. just grumbles to himself for a few a few seconds. I thought it was great. But, but this, is the be- this is the best line. And it's a line that I that I you know I remembered before I'd watched the episode again for this. It's it's when they're chatting about the actual temporal causality loop, and they're chatting about the uh, the echoes of voices that they're hearing, and Data can sort of distinguish them. And uh, he says, "I can hear it's the voices of the Enterprise crew. I can hear 150 discussions about ships' operations, 252 conversations of a personal nature, five couples engaged in romantic encounters, and then Picard's like, what's your point, Mr. Data? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was just a very funny line, and I don't know, it's still quite light, because they're still they're trapped in a time loop, and I suppose from their perspective, it only seems like, it doesn't seem like anything's happened, because they're still going through it for the first time from their perspective, Right, but you know, it's pretty serious. Who knows how long we've been in it? And that was just a very funny little line to throw in. But it's just classic data, isn't it? It's it's good. It's funny. Um, it demonstrates the kind of skill he has and perhaps the skill he doesn't have when he's trying to sort of tell you some pertinent information. Right, yeah, because he, he can't, he can't um, filter what's important and what's not as well. You know, as, no. You know, organic so, humans. <laughs> but um, exactly yeah and and it is it's funny classic data like you said and it also is, is a good um it's a good contrast with uh right after that when you know he's like well one of the things i hear is that here's this clip of you saying all hands abandoned ship you know 
and yeah. just lead with yeah. that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's just calmly sitting there. Can you imagine if someone else knew right. that? If Geordie had known that, but not Daisy, we'd be there by nails. Come on, like, come on, come on! I've got right. something to tell you. I don't know how much time we've got? Come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's a good line. It's a funny line, um, and it's sort of a. It's just a, a strange line as well, but yeah, I like it. What about you? I like it. <laughs> okay, so I also had, uh, you know, the, I had some good choices here. A choice, but you know, mm-hmm, do I want to mm-hmm. go funny? Do I want to go serious? And um, so I thought there's there's one line that just cracks me up. It's actually one of my favorite, like funny, uh, funny lines. But I had, I went with a more serious one. But the funny line is is uh, it's one of the loops and Mud's talking to Lorca and he's telling him telling him about how many times he's killed him and and everything. And and uh, Mud says. There really are so many ways to blow up this ship. It's almost a design flaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and I love that. The that's, engineer in me thinks that's really funny. <laughs> also, the is, science fiction is, fan in general, you know, because <laughs> it always is incredibly easy to blow up ships, you know. <laughs> so that's funny. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. the reason I think I, I had to go with the more serious line because there, there's just a, such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moment with Michael and Stamets sharing the dance. And he's telling mm, her the story, yeah. you know, of, of how, how he, you know, he and Colbert met. And, you know, and, and it's cute. Yeah. He, said, he says, dance with me for science. And that's adorable. He says that, which is, you know, I considered that. Also considered, he, said, he says, love isn't logical. And I consider that. But the one I picked was uh, when he says, never hide who you are. It's the only way relationships work. And I picked that one because I think that is kind of one of Discovery's themes, you know? And I, I think it's just a, a, a lovely way of, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's a lovely message, but it's also just, just, I think one of the things they're trying to do with Discovery and I just love it. So that's my pick. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I'd not considered that before, but when, when you say right. it like that, cause it fits so nicely in the in the moment and in yeah. the scene, and it, uh, it's a it's a good scene in its own right, isn't it? it you know, it, it works it works nicely. Right. But when you say it like that, you're right. Yep. It, it is one of the ongoing themes through the whole series. You know, who who are you really, and which version of you is the real version? Yeah, yep. that's that's pretty and, bad stuff. And staying true to yourself, too. Always mm. staying true to yourself, whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, whoever you are, whoever you become, you know. <laughs> You stick to yeah, because I always I always think about Lorca and why he wants to go back to the right. new universe and what he's trying to achieve. And I could never quite I could never quite figure out like why he would why he wants to go back so much. But perhaps if it's just that's the driving. If he's thought of nothing mm-hmm. else, nothing else to go back to, and you know he's got an idea for how he can take take over right. the Terran Empire. I guess if that's what he wants to do, that's what he's going to do. That's the kind of you know the kind of thing and he I wants to stick to. I've got quite dark. You know, you you, you brought up a really nice conversation. It runs through, you know, you know, Stamets and Colbert and it runs through Ash Tyler's yeah. character, obviously. And it runs through, I mean, mm-hmm. even Saru's, uh, we are Starfleet, you know, that's who we are. We're, you know, mm-hmm. and, and at the end when they're like, we're not, you know, this is who the Starfleet is. This is who the Federation is. We're not going to, you know, forget those principles. And, just throughout the whole, everyone <laughs> throughout the the series, and it's one of the things I like about Discovery. So, oh. yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really nice that's a really nice tie up. Actually, that's that, that's uh, m- makes me think makes me think makes me think about Discovery in a little different way. That's pretty good. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right, points. Okay, where's your point code, sir? Mm. <sighs> yeah, you know what. I, uh... When you read the line out, I was like, "It's a good line, but I like my line better." But actually, the conversation, the con- that afterwards, you've really swayed right, me yes. to a line. <laughs> so I'm going I'm I'm to give you, I'm going to give you the point this time as well. So I thought that was uh, that oh, was well, a real thank nice you so time. Much. And I, I, I th- yeah, uh, and that is a great. I'm, yeah, I mean that that's a classic great data line, and I love that too. <laughs> but I, I think I'm going to go with discovery on this one too. Yeah, because so, that just yeah. there were a lot of classic data lines. <laughs> but there's not a lot of lines that really resonate for an entire series. Right. So, good choice. Thank you. All right. So, category three. 
Okay. Category three. Category three, I'm going to go with Outstanding Guest Star. Because <laughs> I have got okay. Rain Wilson as Harry Mudd. <laughs> a man a man who's so petty that he's willing to uh, hand a war to the Klingons just for revenge against Captain Lorca. <laughs> <You know? He's laughs> super villain, plan, you know, but, but Rain Wilson yeah. sells mud in such a way, such a wonderful way. Um, he, he does it like he's, he's totally aware of um, he's obviously really aware of, of Roger Carmel's performance as mud and he does it justice, but he, what he adds to it is this dark sinister layer that for me, the character has, has always mm. had, you know what I mean? But it just wasn't like, like under the surface. Like it, it you know, it, it seems like, I mean, he's a really, he does really dark things and he's played for laughs. The stuff he does in the original series is quite sinister and we do laugh about it, but, uh, it's not. It's not a good. Th- he, the stuff he's doing is not good. And by modern standards, we, we we judge you very harshly for trying to do any of those things. Right. Yeah. He's he's not my favorite character. No. In the original series, I was I was actually a little bit disappointed when I you know saw he was going to feature in Discovery. You know before I you know before yeah. it came out, and I was obviously really wrong because I, I like what they did with it. I like how they, how they they upped the the level of of darkness and and rain wilson's performance is 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 part of it uh is definitely a, a huge part of it so but what but they've done it again though because he, he in in discoveries outright murdering people you right know, he's killing people left and right. right and you know it just so happens the loop we end on no one perished or no one we right. we see has perished and yet he he seems to do it you know without sort of any sort of without any regard for when the time stream restarts whether they will be alive or not but you still end up sort of enjoying his character and finding him amusing. Yes. And at the yeah. end of it, they don't imprison him. They they cart him off to be with Stella. And you think, <laughs> oh, that's, that's a reasonable right. ending. That, that seems fair. And you're like, actually, he, he did really try and murder right, quite a lot right. of people. He's... And we've just let him get on with that. And uh, I, like a couple of things I wanted, I wanted to highlight about about Rain Wilson's performance with it is there, there's one one scene where he's uh, they do a, a montage of him killing Lorca, which is just really funny to yes. begin with. But there's this one thing he's just sitting, Mud is just sitting in the captain's chair, comfortable as anything, eating a sandwich, yes. <laughs> and with a wave of his finger, he just you, you know um, uh, transports Lorca out to space. You know, and it's yeah. just that 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 bored wave of his finger. That's <laughs> just just such a glorious, <laughs> such a really glorious little piece of acting. Gosh. But but yeah. but what really sells him as as outstanding guest is his delivery of the line. Uh, you know, Michael says you're mad, and he says no, I'm mud. And the reason I wanted to highlight this is because that is such a corny, corny, corny line. But Rain Wilson manages to sell that line so well. He, he because what he does is when she says you're mad, he gets this like twinkle, this little gleam in his eye, as if like she, as if like she's setting him up for his punchline. You know, like he's heard this before and he has yeah. a line prepared. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he gets that. I don't even know how you would make your eye gleam you know but he does <laughs> and he gets this gleam of his eye when he says no i'm mud <laughs> it's just so glorious <laughs> and it could have been so a- corny but it actually he pulls it off so he he's yeah. he's an outstanding <laughs> he does he actor. does pull it off and he does i do really enjoy him as as harry mud yeah i the difference is the difference is a stark but actually you can see how the two characters are the same and actually you, you can act, what once you've once you've once you spend a little time thinking about it, they're not they're not so different. We just look back at the other one with sort of more rose tinted right. spectacles, but he doesn't he doesn't deserve that. He, he he's a bit yeah, a bit of a yeah, grotesque that's how character. I feel about really. him too. So, but uh, you know, I, yeah. So I, I kind of like seeing him. I can, I can imagine him being younger and being more you know overtly you know murdery. <laughs> Guess you, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it kind of makes sense, you know. Maybe you melt, you mellow out a little bit with the, <laughs> you know, 
right, right. people trafficking <laughs> exactly, drug smuggling. So, I don't know. So I, I, yeah, so I like that. I like the way they did that. So he, he's great. He's great. So outstanding okay. guest for cause and effect. Okay. Outstanding guest. Well, there are, it's a time loop episode and right. it focuses quite heavily on the main cast. In fact, I, as far as I can tell, there are only three people who aren't regulars in it. There is, uh, you get an Ensign Rowe appearance. Oh, yeah. So she's one of her few appearances. But you don't really get anything from her. She's just, she's just yeah. at the helm. It could have been anyone. It could have been a random. You wouldn't have known. It didn't have to be Ensign Rowe. It was just a, she was at the helm saying the same line six or right. uh, three or four times. Uh, a little Nurse Agawa appearance, uh, yeah. which is a funny little scene with Geordie walking into the sick bay. And she's saying to Beverly, no, Geordie's not here. And he opens the door. He's like, he's here now. Or he's just, he's walked in. Um, again, not, no, not hilarious. It could I love anyone. her. I love Didn't Nurse Agawa. Didn't have to be her. <laughs> but yeah, she doesn't she do is, much here. She but is great. <laughs> I suppose. Actually, I love Ro no. too. So anytime I see Ro or Agawa, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> I, 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 I really enjoy when they sort of, especially PNG and Deep Space Nine, when yes. they expand the cast out a little bit. I mean, Deep Space Nine, do it masses but in tng they right. do broaden the cast slightly and you get some recurring characters i really like that yes we had rowan agawa and you know nice to see both of them always a pleasure but the the, the guest of the day it cannot be anyone other than captain morgan bateson of the federation starship bozeman yes of course i mean captain fraser crane uh, <laughs> slash captain kelsey grammar in one of the briefest <laughs> Star Trek cameos I can think of. Um, he is great. I mean, he plays... He's as straight-laced as Captain Picard. He looks almost totally... He looks mildly ruffled by the fact he may have travelled uh, hundreds of years in the future, but not too ruffled. Right. He's a, he's a, he's a, uh, a professional Starship captain. Um, and... I, what really disappointed me was this could have been the beginning of an episode, you know, uh, that a, a ship from history comes through a, through a time loop, and we either learn about how that has changed time, or we learn how the characters are going to deal with the fact they're displaced in time. And I really wanted to know more about Captain Bateson, um, and I know you, I know there's a book where they discuss him a little bit more, the name of which. I'm, oh, is there? There is. He's on the front, prominently on the front cover. Um, oh, I want to read that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of new to Trek to reading Trek books, so uh, uh, it, yeah. The, I'm the name of it one. escapes me, but it's uh, he's there. It's like a little line a drawing of of Fraser Crane, so you can't cool. miss it. Um, but it, it's a nice little a nice little touch to 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 get because it didn't have to be one of the super famous actors of the day who was you know starring in Fraser. Which was at the height of its fame. Right. It didn't have. didn't have to. Have, it could have been anyone, but they got him in. <laughs> and I am a massive Frasier fan. It is probably, if I look at it objectively, it's it's probably my favourite comedy show. I absolutely love that show. It's ridiculous. It's really funny you say that because my favorite sitcom is Fraser Crane's oh, really? other <laughs> show, his original his original uh, show, Cheers. <laughs> I'm a diehard the, Cheers fan. I love it. So I, I'm yeah. really excited that you know Fraser, yeah. well Kelsey Grammer makes an appearance here too. It's weird because I've never really Cheers. watched any Cheers. I've never I've watched the odd episode and I've seen it, but I've never like sat down and watched it. But, mm-hmm. but Fraser. You know, God, I mean, it was a murder for me at university because it'd be like, get up in the morning, and, you know, oh, I'll have some breakfast. You put on Channel Four, and we're now it's a uh, Frasier eight episodes right, in a row. Right. You're like, well, that's, that's made up for lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Eats my cornflakes and watches Frasier. <laughs> I might just be a little bit older than uh, you, which is why Cheers was my mainstay <laughs> versus Frasier. <laughs> it's like a few years. <laughs> Maybe I don't know, but. I absolutely. But that's it's just a classic character, you know, so, amazing character. Yeah, I love him. It brought a little bit of that sort of pomp right. to his character here, but you don't you don't really <laughs> see enough, and that's 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 my I'm so upset about it, the fact you don't see enough because he's so good. Uh, and I love it too because it's another you know addition into the the Cheers and Star Trek shared universe. 
theory. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Who else? Oh, of course, of course, uh, Safik. Oh, but that's right, of course, Rebecca Howe. <laughs> also, I mean, Brent Spiner's been on Cheers. Uh, Kate Mulgrew uh, was on Cheers. So, so the, the uh, theory goes that that Cheers is really just a simulation in someone's holodeck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess we're the both ways that they have. It's Chase and Dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know what. There's more connections too because I, I, I'd have to. Oh well, obviously, I mean Lilith. What was in an episode of TNG? Um, she's the yeah the oh, alien who wanted to uh, the- to bed Riker. <laughs> Any alien really, but <laughs> but Riker was there. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I, I I'm sure there's more connections too because I I think they were their studios were near each other. I think, but I, I think I think that's what the story was that um. The um, the studios where they filmed Star Trek and Cheers were were right near next to each other. We we've missed the most prominent Star Trek Cheers connection, which is Morn and Norm. Of course, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> I thought that was a good little touch. Yes, that that is, that that's good. a great touch. <laughs> okay, uh, best. Best guest. I'm in two minds about this because I think your guest is objectively funner and more interesting than my guest, who was only on screen for about 60 seconds max. Yeah, but he's Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. He is Fraser. I'd love to see him do a little bit more. Um, oh, crumbs. I'm going to keep my point because I think I'm, I, I wish they'd done a bit more with it. But I, it's it's with a sort of I'm still in two minds. I, I'm going to keep it, but I I don't know. He was good. He could have been better. I just I wished for more. I wish it had been the beginning of a two part. You know, the beginning of a next episode, and they followed it on, and then we'd find out what happened to him. That would have been that would have worked. I I still kind of I kind of like that. It's just randomly, just randomly Fraser Crane for <laughs> for a couple minutes on screen. No, you know, no explanation. No, you know. <laughs> I kind of just, I kind of like that. It's just a little tiny cameo. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I love it. One of the tiniest. Right. I can't, I'm, I'm struggling to think of any smaller cameos. <laughs> it really is, uh, you know, I can't think of anything where super famous people have appeared for almost right. no time at all. So, so where do, where do you, so your points go into Frasier? I'm going to give my point to Fraser, right. but I, I realise probably I'm, I'm. This is more of a personal, you know, uh, rather than on the quality of but his track okay. appearance. But that's okay. Like that's <laughs> part of the fun. Like <laughs> emotional reactions, you know. If it doesn't give you, you know, nostalgia feels or whatever, like that's that's fun. But I think I am yes. going to give my point to Rain Wilson for just an outstanding um, framing of of a character we've already seen, but you know definitely made his own so and he made yes, it absolutely. especially since it's going into it i was not excited mud was going to be involved in in it until i saw what rain did with the character so so Ooh. okay we've just shot the point so yes. we're up to what what do you have for category Ooh. four category four i have gone for uh excellent uh, special effects moment excellent okay. special effects moment so, uh, actually quite a lot of special effects in my episode. Well, probably not as many as in Discovery, though, which is special effects uh, bonanza. Um, <laughs> however, there's, uh, there's, three, there's three that stand out, and I do have a favourite. Um, there's the Enterprise... Uh, well, I suppose it's, it's actually... I've, I've put down three, but actually two of them are the same thing. The Bozeman Strikes the Enterprise... Mm-hmm. And it right, like hits the nacelle. That's just nice, you know. You don't often see two starships up close. That you know, it's two Federation starships up close. They crash into each other, and then kaboom, it explodes. And right. I suppose the my first explode, well, the first one was from the 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 the, the cold open where you, you don't know what's happened. You just see the explosion occur. Yes, and, you know. They're okay, but you know, as you said earlier on, we've all seen we've all seen starships explode. It's too easy to to make them destroy. Um, <laughs> so I picked, but still, it's it's jarring to see 
the so Enterprise, Enterprise explode. Is, yeah. And I think it that's a jarring. that's a wonderful cold open. Actually, yes. like it's it's very it's it's like hurry up and finish the theme song so I could see how they're going to undo blowing up my Enterprise. You know, exactly. It's a very good. <laughs> it's open. a very good. Hold, hold, hold that thought. Hold that okay. thought. Well, also, also, I was thinking too. Like, too bad we're not doing best cold opens because you would have won for sure. Because uh, Magic does not have a cold open. Oh, I didn't think about that. It, oh, that's good. It goes straight. Yeah, it goes straight from previously on to the theme song. And I, I think that might be unique in all of Trek. But I'm off topic. Oh, my thought, though. <laughs> okay, so, but you, did, but you did not pick I did that. not pick that. Okay. okay. I picked <laughs> just something that I, I don't think I've ever, I've, I've never, I, I can't remember seeing. I remember it happening in other episodes, but I hadn't seen it from this perspective before. Or when... They decide at the very end, Data decides he's not going to use the tractor beam. He's seen Riker's three pips. He's going instead to decompress the cargo bay. And then you see them decompress the cargo bay. And you see that yes. you see it from the outside of the ship. You see a real close-up of what the cargo bay looks like. The the garage doors roll open. And you see the <laughs> air rush out. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That's what that looks like. I, I'd not seen that before. Because usually it's already open. There's just like a force field and the ship's flying them out. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And it's not like a mind-blowing special effect, but it's certainly a unique special effect, one that I couldn't remember right. ever seeing before. Um, I thought some other stuff might fly out. Like some, There's usually those big barrels floating around, right. aren't there? I thought a couple of those might shoot <laughs> right. out. No, There's got to be something in there in the cargo bay. <laughs> they had it all well secured. Uh, so it's just air that shoots out. But I was, uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So that was my, that was my favorite uh, special effect moment: cargo bay decompression. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that one a lot too, because because it's interesting. You see them give orders like that, but you don't. Yeah. You rarely see it actually happen, yeah. and that it is. It's really interesting. You see it from the perspective I, of the person inside the cargo bay hanging on to something <laughs> while they're trying not to get well, sucked out into space. That's what I was worried too, because they didn't they didn't like say you know evacuate the cargo bay <laughs> and then de- hit, hit the decompress button. You know? Gotta got make those hard decisions. <laughs> Doesn't matter that you know Wesley's in there, you know, right. working on his sketches, the sat- legs dangling over the the mezzanine, right. working right. on his sketches, and then catwalk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zooms yeah. Out of space. <laughs> But yeah, he just hits the. I mean, they were short for time. I mean, Data couldn't even, you know, explain no, what he was exactly. doing. So I guess. Gotta make that- <laughs> but no one was in there. It was fine. Just air rushed out, and it worked. Yeah, exactly. And it was interesting to yeah. see that work. You know, it was it was it was like a physics lesson. You know. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I I like that. Yeah, that's a great pick. Okay. What did you go? Okay, so there's you know. I mean, discovery for special effects is is amazing. I'm obsessed with yeah. the bridge. You know how it's like, like all the like screens are, you know, like overlaid, mm-hmm. and and they can do anything basically with the view screen, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. And this, I like. Yeah, I love that. Uh, they all there was um in this episode the the dark matter weapon was really cool. The little ball that you throw and just yeah. like disintegr the disintegration. Uh, special effect was pretty yeah. cool. I like that, but. It's one of the 870 old ways to <laughs> die. The most, the most painful. <laughs> I thought there'd be more ways to die in space, right. so I'm honest. Yeah. I, thought that, I, thought there'd be a I few was thinking that too. It's like, I could probably come up with more. <laughs> you know? yeah, You're not exactly. being creative enough there, Mud. There you go. <laughs> Add one more, chalk one more up. But, uh, but the one I went for, one of, one of my favorite discovery effects is actually the transporter. I love I love the visuals and I love the sounds. I I just love everything about how they do the transporter on Discovery. And in Discovery, they yeah. use the transporter to beam the Gormagander into their cargo bay. So mine actually involves a cargo bay too. But um, this is my pick because it, it's just this huge ball of tra- transport transport you know energy, <laughs> you know, and you get this just gigantic weird looking space whale and i thought that was really neat i don't think i've ever seen them you know transport something so huge you know like that and and it's just it's just really neat looking the way it materializes so that is my favorite thing that's my pick 
that is a really, really good scene, yeah. and it's a memorable scene. Um, when I watched it the first time, I thought, they're going to move any of those boxes out of the way? What if one of them? They just know so, oh, perfect, just, yeah, just just perfectly. Just uh, you know, te- Tetris in the Gormagander. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, oh, he's about this big. He'll, he'll squeeze him. He's fine. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's a great pick. I mean, it's the special effects can be hard for me to counter. Another special effect moment I really liked in Discovery is um, Mud's helmet. So yes. particularly that scene when the gormagander opens, it's, okay. I don't know if it has a mouth. I don't know if you need a mouth to consume yeah, it, alpha. It, it, you know, I, I, it looks, it looks like a demigorgon mouth kind of, yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly, like, yeah. I always get gorgon and demigorgon you know, <laughs> mixed up with the names, but when he has that same kind of like mouth opening. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, that opens up and uh, mud walks out and that helmet he's wearing yes. just looks absolutely fantastic. I love I it. I really like it. Uh, and they helmet. said it was like an Andorian helmet. I, yeah, like, I, I wish we saw more things like that. I really love that little touch. Me too. We didn't have to make it an Andorian helmet, <laughs> but they did, and it looked great, and I really liked it. I call it the Andorian Darny, Donny Darko helmet. <laughs> it just has yes. that insane Easter bunny it has look. That caliber. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I love that too. And when he comes out of the Gormagander, that's that's like a really creepy moment, you know, <laughs> like this because yeah. you don't, you know, I mean, coming from Michael because you see it, they show you from where michael is michael's perspective and she has no idea what's going on and who the hell is this and and why is he killing everybody and what the hell is going on and what do i do i'm behind this panel and i have no weapons i have nowhere to go you know and it's it, that's a cool scene yes it is a good scene oh dear i feel like i'm going to struggle again <laughs> with this because that is that's a good scene your choice your gormaganda choice the beaming of the gormaganda yeah. i mean that you know, that is unique, and I suppose it's something they couldn't really have done, you know, however many years ago. But it doesn't make it any less interesting to watch today, does it? It is good. <laughs> where, uh, you dish out, where are you dishing out your points first? Okay, I'll so let you do it first. I'm giving my points to cause and effect because you, you yeah, Ooh. you had your nostalgia pick <laughs> with Frazier, but so I'm going to yeah. have this for my nostalgia pick because I remember being, you know, being a young person when this came out. And having that visual of them opening the, you know, that, that, you know, that door, that gate or whatever, and the air coming out really helped Mm -hmm. me visualize and understand the way like, oh, so this displaces the ship and it's enough for them to, you know, to go by. That makes sense. Like that makes sense. And that helped me, you know, kind of visualize, do you know what I mean? Like, I I just remember that as I, I, because I was, you know, I I was, you know, I guess in middle school when this came out. March 1992. Yeah, so I was in middle school. So, yes, March 92. Yeah, so I was, I guess, like in eighth grade, I guess, or something like that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, so that I, I really, I, I always remembered that that shot, and it really helped me, you know, visualize what they were doing. Because instead that, you know, like, they're just technobabble, saying technobabble, oh, Riker wants to do this technobabble thing, and Data wants to do this technobabble thing, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, but to actually see what, what the actual suggestions were, like, you know, I, I really like that. So I, I really like your pick there, so I'm going with uh, TNG. Mm-hmm. What Okey about you? I do, I do like my pick, and I do like the air rushing out but I also really like the Gormagander. I just like its giantness and the fact they beamed <laughs> it in. It's just such a... I mean, it's so Star Trek, isn't it? We found a giant whale. It We're going to have to... This giant, gentle, yeah, weight space whale. Let's just beam it in and take it somewhere safe. And then they do. Right. And I, I love, one of, the, one of the things I love is the reoccurring um, uh, Lorca not <laughs> yeah, giving a damn yeah, about the whale. Yeah. He's like, whatever, you know, so he's like, oh, well, uh, you know, this uh, Endangered Species Act says that blah, blah, blah. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> I don't just care. Just, just on board. do it. Whatever. Yeah, I, I do. And then I like that they bring the Gormagander back later when they're on Kronos. <laughs> and, and poor Tilly accidentally eats some, cor- some Gormagander, black market Gormagander. I know, I know. That is gross as well, isn't it? She eats it and then she spits it all out. Right? <laughs> that is good. Oh, uh, I love it. Okay, so I'm going to so, give my point to the Gormagander. All right. I loved it. So we're at six points for Disco and two points for TNG. Oh, TNG. We have one, one wow. category left, though. 
Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So our final category is going to be best loop. Best loop. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to go through my favorite loop of uh, my favorite loop here, which is it's actually the penultimate loop. Because to me, it's a lot more interesting to see how they come up with a solution for their problem than to actually solve the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, that's just more interesting. So, I, I love Amitz was outside of time for this. I, yes. did, I thought that was, I thought it was such a neat idea. It really a was. Really clever way of getting around the time loop. I thought, yeah. I love that. And he does such a good job, like just being like crazy happy Stamets in the beginning. Yeah. So, okay. So the penultimate loop and magic to make the same as man go mad starts with the, sexy dance at the party but you know the lights are low and she finally agrees to dance with ash and al green is playing and it's so sexy and you think something's finally gonna happen and then finally she's just like so i hear you were locked up in the Klingon prison uh, in the klingon prison cell with harry <laughs> mud it totally breaks the mood <laughs> And it's a really funny moment, but all, it's just it's just so funny because when I look back at this, uh, I realize that th this is we've only known Ash for two uh, episodes before this, and yeah. this is only actually the seventh episode of the show altogether, you know. Uh, but I feel I feel like <laughs> I ha at this point when they have this dance that I have been you know want you know shipping <laughs> Ash and Michael forever, you know. <laughs> And they do such a good job yeah, of making it, oh, it's finally going to happen. But it does. And they kiss and it, and it's lovely and, and wonderful. And so that, yeah. and, and that, you know, so that's the, the uh, party scene, what happens in the party scene. And then uh, from, from there, uh, this is when they, you know, they figure out Mud has a time crystal. He enters the bridge to opera music, you know, Captain Mud. the computer calls him Captain Mud. You know, he's got <laughs> the dark matter weapon. He kills Tyler uh in this in this loop yeah and that's powerful because his last act is just this look to michael you know like this this loving look and i remember seeing this the first time and thinking oh he's definitely not an undercover klingon because that was like a genuine look of love you know <laughs> and now i know they did it in such a way that he he really is tyler and uh -huh. he is a Klingon too, but you know what I mean? So, so I, it can be reconciled, but it was, that was just like a genuine look of love that he gave her before he disappeared into that purple, weird fire haze thing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. then like Stamets, you know, tells him, tell, tells Mud that, that, uh, that, okay, he's the last piece of the puzzle for operating the spore drive, you know, because he just has to end this. Um, but Michael comes up with the plan that, that they can get mud to reset the timeline again um, by using her as bait because the Klingons would would love to have her, her. So she kills herself by swallowing that dark yeah. matter ball. So and I thought that was that was a really yes yes yes. A while as well. Like yeah, effect. you see, you it, see, it, the, you like, sort of see it go down, don't you? As well, you see it, and and yeah. she just from you know, from her belly outwards, she just disintegrates. Oh, <laughs> it's a real, that's a it's a cool special effect. But um, but yeah, yeah, so that but that's the loop that they so now they have all the information they need, you know, for the next loop. So now they know how to, mm. right? But also right. he's so because now yeah. you know if he wasn't greedy, you know, yeah. he could have he could have just had you know he could have given the discovery to the Klingons like he wanted to, but he wanted that extra bounty. So yeah, poor show Stammer right. game away at the very. Um, that is a good loop because a lot happens in that loop. How many, how many loops do we see in Magic to Make? Oh, um, I had I didn't count it. There's probably like there's at least four full loops, and then we get that beautiful montage of yeah. <laughs> of him killing Lorca. Four or five, yeah, four so, or five. I, I'd have to, I'd have to go back. I, I didn't count that, but in uh. In cause and effect, there are five loops. Okay, and they're only stuck in it for about uh, they're stuck in it for about seventeen. Well, about seventeen point four days. Right, exactly seventeen point right. four days. <laughs> Reset the chronometer. <laughs> um, and 
the loop I picked, which we've already mentioned, was the the cold open mm-hmm. as a loop in its own right, which I really enjoyed for you know because it does just throw you straight in. They're on the bridge, something is going wrong, everything's shaking, and then the Enterprise explodes. <laughs> And that is one, you don't see what happens though. You don't get the information about the Bozeman. You don't see the, you don't see it emerge from the anomaly. So you're still in the dark about what's happened. But what you do see is an element of what they've seen, a very brief snippet. And then the destruction of the enterprise. And then it cuts with the destruction to the, to the credits. And you're like, okay, so clearly something massive is going to happen in the the first bit of the next episode and of course it opens i think with them playing poker and it's just like okay so obviously they're back to a semblance of normality or we're back in time um and it was just a really it's a really shocking cold open it really nicely done and it uses the actual the cold open itself to good effect you know because it's it's a a mini self-contained little thing and we're going to use it to to really shock the the audience and it worked and it is good and as a as a loop as a as a as a, a cold open and a loop a lot happens in a short space of time and it drives you on to think I've, i want to see more i want to know what's happening um so though you don't have as much character in it there's a lot of adventure and a lot of thrill in those first couple of minutes so I picked uh, the the very first loop we see. Absolutely, the cold that's a great loop. pick. It's it's a wonderful it's cold a, open because yeah, because it, it is. It's shot. It's a shocking cold open. I mean, they, you know, blow up the Enterprise, <laughs> and it's it's like yeah, and, and um, yeah. I don't have anything else to say. I, I think that's a great pick. I I, I love it. I, I think that's so well done. And- not a lot happens in it, but uh, enough happens to sort of whet your appetite, which I suppose is what a cold opens for, to, to keep right. you interested till after the credits have been on. Yes, and, and you know, you just I just want them to, you know, to hurry up and do the theme song so I can see how they save the Enterprise, because you know it's not going to stay blown up, you know? <laughs> but it doesn't yes. matter. Like, you just want to know what happened and how, how, are they, how the hell are they going to get out of this, you know? <laughs> but, um, it's yeah, that's a great pick. Well, thank you. Well, so okay, where where, so, do you, where where are your points lying? I, well, I, I also want I, we we didn't the one thing we didn't talk about with cause and effect that I really liked is when um like I said you know I I really find interesting how they like figure things out and I love the the poker scene where um they're all they all know what cards Data's going to yeah. deal next. And I love, they're all like, yes. you know, ace, three, you know, seven, you know, like what, like in order and they all know, and, yeah. and they just look at each other, like what in the world's going on. And, and I, then I, later on in the next loop, it's, they say, but it's all wrong. And they all get dosed out a dose of threes, right. yes. three, 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 yeah. and then three of a kind. Yep. And that's a nice, threes and then it's, it's nicely explained. Like, I may have been responsible for all the instances of three. <laughs> right, but, yeah. No, I just hope so. Right. I thought something really weird is coming on. Right, yeah. That's one of the things that I think cause and effect does really well is having like, like uh, distinctly different versions of, of of each event, like that that work together and make sense in in a logical order. I, I think that's so good. I love. I just love that. The other thing I like about that loop is when um, you see, you know, like they they figure out, you know, oh, we're gonna have data you know, send himself a message and you see the end, mm. you know, right before, you know, all hands abandoned ship and you see him look at Riker and type something into his little thing, you know, and you don't, you don't know what he yes. sent himself until, you know, you see the poker game and all the threes the next time. And I just love that. I love, I love watching, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. watching them figure out problems like that. It's so cool. So that's good. Yeah. And they do the thing that Star Trek does really well, whereby, they they say there's a problem, and then immediately they all go and start examining it and seeing what's going on. Yeah, with no finger pointing. Yes, I love like, that. Oh, you're crazy. Yep. It's just like if there's an issue here, we are going to sort this out. Let, let's figure. Right. It so yeah, right. That's a, a I, really positive uh, message. Oh uh, yes, I love. That's one of the best things about TNG in particular. Yeah. 
And I, lo- I love that our crew solved the mystery in se- what seventeen point four days. Yeah, <laughs> you know, versus poor Fraser and, and, and his crew have been there for eighty years or whatever. They didn't have enough time. They've gone through the thing. They explode. <laughs> and then they're back through again. It, for them, it's only like a couple of minutes. They don't have a few days. That's my head cannon. Because oh, I, that's I, really good. Oh, yeah. I'm going to use that. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> the they're playing poker and they're going to sort out Jordy's right. eyes and. This, but right. I think for them it's just a couple of minutes, and they just bang, 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 explode, and, explode, yeah. explode. And to be and to be fair, they probably don't have you know an Android and somebody with a, a magic yeah. visor. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean to give them all the clues they need that there's something because going on. Potentially at that point, the voices coming from the other loops would be driving them nuts as right, well. Right, right. Yeah. Hearing these whispering okay. voices, <laughs> they'll be mad. So I it's still impressive, impressive that they figured it out. But <laughs> it is impressive. But well, they it had out. some help. <laughs> But the the Stamet solution is it's it's really tasty. It's yeah. a nice little. I exist outside of time, and it gives a little wave. <laughs> I love that part. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a really great little bit. I'm like, yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, right. So points. So points wise, I'm actually going to go with. I'm actually going to go with uh, discovery again with this one because I do think the loop. You know that loop you've described is a pretty solid loop. The, the, it annoys me that Stamets gives the games gives the game away. Yes, I feel like I didn't I didn't understand why he did it except to say I've just had enough. Right. Like don't give up, come on. But then the solution that Burnham proposes is like oh, oh. that is a that's a good solution. So uh, I'm going to give the points to Discovery. All right, me too. I'm going to give my points to Discovery, if not for anything else, but just that first kiss scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a. Oh uh, yeah, he really takes takes some lives. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like you. If if this is looping, then this won't yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and then you get, you have that sexy scene at the end on the on the turbo lift, and and they're talking about what happened. He's like, yeah. "Oh, I'm just sad that we missed our first kiss." You know, he gives that little sly grin that he has, and and she looks uncomfortable, but yeah. you know she's you know ready for more, it's, and it's <laughs> just oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a sucker for that. So, okay. So the final, the final yeah. score is, is <laughs> this is a runaway. This is our first runaway. This is uh, eight points for magic to make the sanest man go mad and two for cause and effect. Oh my goodness. Yeah. TNG. <laughs> hey man, you know the loop. We need to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is a little surprising because I, I really love that episode. I, I, enjoy it i could watch it over and over again <laughs> in a loop. You know what? i think uh, magic i think a, lo- a lot happens in magic yeah a lot happens they cram a lot into that episode they do and, and, and maybe that's the time loop thing but you get you get the the, the sci-fi story you get harry mud mm-hmm. you get stamets going crazy <laughs> You get archer you get archer you get ash <laughs> and burnham's right. sort of romance you get a party. Loads happens in that episode, yeah. like loads. They they max that episode. They out. really do, and they, uh, you know, and it, it's. I, I mean, you can argue that it's probably the only standalone episode of the of the season, yeah. but it also really does advance all the characters. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they do. They manage to cram a lot in. It's it's you know full disclosure. That's my favorite episode of of season one. Um, I don't think you're alone. <laughs> a lot of people. I, I do i probably put it down as my second yeah. favorite after i still really love uh yes, leafy i knew you're gonna say that I, <laughs> that's a good one I absolutely and i i would say that, that to an extent could be a standalone yeah. episode as well yeah. not in a, not in the same way as right. magic but it has its own its own plot in that they're, they're trying desperately to save sarek mm-hmm. but they're also inside his mind yeah. the, the, you got the dual stories of we're out in space looking for him, but we're also inside his head right, contacting right. him. I love that advancement of, you know, what, what a Vulcan can do, because actually we don't know the real extent of what what Vulcans can do. We know they're pretty good at, you know, these. they've got a lot of mental agility, but actually it seems they can do a lot more than we ever knew. And if you look back through Star Trek, they're always adding right. to what a Vulcan can do. And this sort of 
you know, sharing of a Akatra and being connected is interesting. But also the whole connection to Spock's right. history. I love it. I love the way they work all together. We're talking about the wrong episode. <laughs> we'll uh, have to do that. I, <laughs> yeah, I we have to find that. We'll have to compare, <laughs> yeah. compare that one too. <laughs> we, we can gush uh, about that. I will say if we discussed, yeah, if we discussed uh, which episode has the best recipes in it, um, I didn't think you'd be able to top Aunt Adele's steamed milk <laughs> with nutmeg, which Picard gives to Beverly when she can't sleep. So I don't think I don't know if there are any recipes come through. Maybe right. we have oh, talked about yeah. the gourmaganda <laughs> that um, oh. <laughs> she eats later on. <laughs> until he eats it later on. <laughs> Endangered space whale? No, not a <laughs> not yeah. a delicious dish. <laughs> Yeah, you would win there. And you would also win, like we talked about, in um, a cold open since uh, Magic does not have a cold yes. open. So it just goes right from, yeah. the, you know, previously on to the um, to the theme song. Perhaps best guest. Oh, yeah. Uh, perhaps best guest spaceship as well, because the Bozeman is oh. a, a nice you know, a nice Yeah, Mud has, has a spaceship too, but you don't see it. It's just in the Gormagander, which is kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before Gormagander's yeah. gone through a lot. <laughs> Sounds good. I feel bad. I hope, they, I hope they come back to it some yeah. some sometimes. Yeah, we, we see these okay. <laughs> she, or she's okay. Um, next episode uh, will be a temporarily displaced descendants episode. Um, we will discuss the Deep Space Nine episode Children of Time and Enterprise episode E Squared. And we will see which one comes out on top. Uh, using our patented category <laughs> points. So a highly system. scientific system. <laughs> Based on the fact that we're doing it purely at a gut emotional level. Right. Like, I want Fraser Crane to have this point. That's <laughs> totally fair. Fraser Crane deserves a point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. All right. Um, and, uh, well, it's been lovely speaking to you, Jen. I'll see you soon. You too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Snaptrek. And you can also uh, get a hold of me. Uh, I'm at Eda Quirks. And Ross? I am uh, on Twitter as well. I'm at Star Trek 1701. No vowels. Uh, so do send in your limericks for um, uh, cause and effect and for magic to make the sanest man go mad or for any episodes that you've been watching we've been really enjoying them and if you have any comments about the categories we've selected or the choices we've made let us know and uh we will get back to you all right okay thanks goodbye <laughs>